evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tectonic. My name is Mark Hurst. I'll be your host for the next hour here on WFMU, Freeform Station of the Nation, live from downtown Jersey City in the great state of New Jersey. So happy to be here with you. And I'm happy you are here with me because we've, we've got an important discussion to have tonight. We got to talk about this new tech launch that's getting a lot of press these days, the Apple Vision Pro, which we're going to go deep into the abyss this evening. Stay with me for that. But first, I want to give a couple of uh, announcements unrelated to the theme of tonight's show, but but having to do with, um, well, the first one doesn't even have to do with Tectonic, but I just wanted to bring it up anyway. Uh, it has to do with WFMU. I was lucky enough to guest host our Saturday morning program, Double Dip Recess, which is usually hosted by Roger. Um, I, and this was last Saturday, February 3. Double Dip Recess runs on Sheena's Jungle Room, one of our alternate streams. And it was the fifth time that I've guest hosted. And uh, five out of five, ton of fun to put together and to host. And uh, so if you're at all interested in um, in some musical picks that are kid-friendly from me, you can go and find that link. You can find it uh, on the Double Dip Recess homepage, which you can find at WFMU.org, but I've put a link to the playlist on the Tectonic playlist this evening. If you go to WFMU.org, click Playlist and Comments, you'll see that link to Double Dip Recess from February 3, 2024. And uh, I have a couple of other links that we're going to get to this evening, speaking of the Tectonic playlist. If you're listening in the future to an archive or podcast, you can find that at tectonic.fm, T-E-C-H, tonic.fm, and find the <clears throat> February 5, 2024 show. And you'll see the links and the listener comments. And I have a couple of, um, I, I think, pretty appropriate images on the playlist that have to do with the Apple Vision Pro, starting with uh, a, a frame from a particular movie which I'm going to get to in a few minutes. Uh, some of you seeing it will know exactly why I chose that frame from that movie with that, with that reference. So anyway, that's, uh, that all came off of Double Dip Recess and the playlist. The other thing that's on the playlist that before I get to the Vision Pro um, is, a, is a, I'm very excited to announce this. Anybody who's living in the New Jersey, New York area, even Connecticut, Philadelphia, if you're within driving distance, we're having an event at Monty Hall. That's, that's at WFMU in our performance space. We're going to have a screening of a movie, a documentary called Total Trust. Um, and this is going to be Saturday, March 2nd. The doors are at 7.30 p.m. The movie starts at 8 p.m., and I'm going to be joined by Albert Fox Kahn, who's the founder of Surveillance Technology Oversight Project. Uh, it, it, we're going to do a Q&A after the screening. 
uh, to talk about this this documentary. And, and what Total Trust is about is about the surveillance state in China. There's footage of um, citizens who are being spied on and harassed and oppressed in various ways. And I think the footage was taken and um, edited and sent out of the country at some personal risk to the director. So this is this is real. This is is very dramatic. I've seen it. Uh, so anyway, it's a it's a screening of this documentary called Total Trust. We're doing it at Monty Hall, um, and tickets tickets are what are they fifteen or twenty bucks something twenty bucks I think, and it all goes to benefit the station, and that's again Saturday March second. Um, I'll be there hosting, um, and I'll be doing a Q and A with Albert Fox Khan after the documentary. So I this will be the first screening that Tectonic has put on since we did that um, documentary of Russian uh, car dash cam camera footage. Man, that was probably almost five years ago. I can't remember when that was, but that was a lot of fun. So this will be the ne- our next screening. So it'll be a way for all of us to get together and say hi and be totally freaked out by a documentary, <clears throat> which is what we do around here. We get totally freaked out by tech news. And, you know, I guess what is what is the option? What is our alternative to being totally freaked out by what's going on? To put our heads in the sand and totally ignore it? I mean, would you rather live in ignorance? Is ignorance really bliss? That's the question. And this is pertinent to what I'm talking about tonight, this Apple Vision Pro. I mean, do you want to know? Do you want to know what's happening with this device? Do you want to know what Apple is trying to do and what the tech industry at large is trying to do? Or would you rather live in ignorance? And since you're listening to this show, I, th- I think you've made the better choice. You're ready to be freaked out. <laughs> Probably better for us to know the devil we face rather than to uh, pretend that, that it doesn't exist and still suffer the effects. Probably suffer the effects worse if we live in ignorance. Um, so we have this, this, so this is what I want to talk about tonight, this Apple Vision Pro. And I'm going to start from the beginning because I've talked to a couple of people and they said, no, what is this, what is this thing? Vision, Vision Pro? What it, I've heard some, I've heard the name in the news. What is this thing? Okay. So for, for those of you who know what this is, just, just be patient for a second. Let me explain this to everybody. Um, there is. You've heard of VR headsets, virtual reality headsets. Facebook has one. It's called a Quest. Um, other companies, there's a there's a there's a Sony Vive. There's there's a bunch of consumer virtual virtual reality headsets. And Apple has been talking <clears throat> for a few years about wanting to enter into this market, maybe with a virtual reality headset, maybe with augmented reality glasses. And so the difference there is that a virtual reality headset is one where you put on this, this, this headset that just envelops your, the upper part of your face. I mean, it, it co- completely covers your eyes. Uh, it's like a helmet. You've got speakers that go over your ears. And if you put it on and it's not turned on, you're completely in darkness. You have no vision to the outside world. Then when you turn it on, it it um, it gives you images, 3D images of these fantastic worlds and scenes, and you can imagine. Oh, you can 
You can see what it's like to be on the surface of Mars. And then you can go to a lovely little glen by a brook, a burbling brook. And then you can go to the Swiss Alps. And, you know, you, you, can, you can imagine all these different outdoor scenes that it can project cinematically into your eyeballs with the appropriate uh, sounds. And it's not just landscapes. You can do video games. You can watch movies. You can watch TV. And um, there's a particularly depressing version of this which I'll get to, which is you can, uh, you can recreate your office and you can look at work documents in 3D wearing a helmet on your head. I don't want to get into that rant just yet, but yes, there are a bunch of different um, available options, theoretically, with a VR headset. Okay, so that's VR. AR is augmented reality, and the idea here is if you put on these glasses... Remember Google Glass? That was 11 years ago. That was 2013. Google came out with these completely dorky-looking glasses um, that had a camera that was taking... Uh, it, I'm not going to get into glass. But anyway, the idea is that it could, it could project small images and small um, notices and messages into your retina while you're looking at the outside world. So it's not an enveloping headset. It's a set of glasses that can inject some digital uh, visual input into your eyes in the corner of your vision kind of thing. And so Google tried that 11 years ago. It was a horrendous failure. And so we haven't heard very much from uh, from Google in the AR front for a while. But Apple then <clears throat> was saying, so again, going back to square one, Apple the last few years said, we're working on something. We're not going to tell you what it is. People were speculating, is it going to be AR glasses or is it going to be a VR headset? And when it came out, the device, which just went on sale for consumers, I think they've got it on sale in Apple stores. I don't know where, where else. I haven't investigated, but it, it costs $3,500 if you've got <laughs> $3,500 burning a hole in your pocket uh, to enter the dystopian um, tech age, then it's on sale for you. Yes, you right now. This thing is called the Vision Pro, and it is not AR glasses. As it turns out, it's a virtual reality helmet. But Apple being Apple, they want to have it all. They want to promise it all. So they said, actually, actually, these are kind of like augmented reality glasses also. Because what we do, even though you have a helmet on your head that completely obscures all your vision, ironically, it's called Vision Pro, and you put it on and you have no vision, yes. Uh, what we're going to do is we've got cameras on the outside that are taking video of everything around you and we're going to project that on the inside so that it's an illusion so that it you're going to feel as though you're still on the outside of the helmet if that makes any sense so if you put on that vision pro and your whole you hold your hand up you should be able to see your hand in front of your face and of course it'll be a computerized version of your hand it has to pass through some um, algorithms and you should see your dog if he walks past, and you should be able to see the door, and so you should be able to do simple tasks like walk out of the room and find the door handle. Um, more fine-grained tasks 
get a little bit sketchy. Uh, the reviews are that the video kind of sort of tells you what's around you, but it's not really great on small details. But this is Apple's promise, is that we're, we're, we're giving you a virtual reality helmet that is really augmented reality because it's showing you the world around you. And then there's a little physical dial on the helmet that allows you to tune out the outside world which I think is very um, telling what, what the actual agenda of this device is. But there's a physical dial that allows you to tune out the outside world and turn it into a complete VR headset. And so you're only watching whatever is cinematically projected in your vision uh, from Apple's software and, and with no reference to the table or the dog or the door handle in front of you. Okay, so that's what this thing is. It's the Apple Vision Pro. And um, <clears throat> I, I have a better name for it uh, that I would like. I, I just hope that it takes off. I don't think Apple would like it very much, but I think it's a more accurate term for this. And if we could all use a more accurate term, it just, you know, language is important and it's helpful for us to call these things what it is. And the Apple Vision Pro is actually a face jail. That's what it is. When you put this thing on, you're putting your face in jail. Uh, because you're totally enveloping your senses, your at least your eyes and your ears, and at least some part of your tactile sense. It's c complete. You're cut off from the rest of the world, and you inhabit the digitally manipulated, filtered world that Apple presents to you. Even the dog or the door handle in front of you has to pass through Apple's filters. So they are not just a gatekeeper, they're the prison warden allowing mail to come into you after it passes through their filters, which you have no way of uh, interrogating, examining, or if you don't like them, editing or even appealing them. You're, you are in face jail once you put this thing on. Now, some people say, I love the idea of going to face jail because I love Apple and I love the idea of signing up for a tech dystopia because I've been waiting my whole life to do completely depressing things. And there are people like that out there. Although they don't use those words, they are excited. They don't say they want to do depressing things. But I, I look at these things and I go, how depressing? Uh, that's my reaction. And I want to give you an example. Um, and I mean no disrespect to this particular Twitter user, and I, I didn't, I don't mean to um, make fun of an individual here. I just want to give you an example of a typical fanboy, I, I, I don't think that's too pejorative, fanboy response to these Vision Pro uh, face gel devices. There's um, an individual on Twitter whose screen name, I suppose it's his real name, called Alex Finn. And I've put a link to this so you can watch this yourself, draw your own conclusions. Maybe you think this is awesome. Everyone's different. I think it's depressing, but you know, you may have a different take. And certainly I would guess that this individual named Alex Finn has a different take on it. So let me, let me play for you what Alex, this is less than a minute, but this is Alex Finn talking about his experience while he's eating breakfast wearing the Apple Vision Pro. Because again, he can see his breakfast, he can see his spoon and bowl and hand and everything like I described to you before, and he can see some other things that he's really excited to tell you about. Here's Alex Finn. 
Hey guys, just wanted to show you real quick how I enjoy my breakfast with the Apple Vision Pro. Uh, as you can see here, I'm watching 33 different NBA games at the exact same time, just covering my entire wall. In case I'm not getting enough dopamine hits over here, uh, I can look over here and I got X. I can scroll X and I can, I can like posts. As you see, it's very easy to scroll X on the Apple Vision Pro. Over here, I'm looking at my different scores. I'm checking out uh, you know, how much money I'm making off fantasy, off sports betting. So you know, if I'm not gonna have dopamine here, I'm not gonna have dopamine here, I'm not liking what I'm seeing from uh, you know, Greg posting over here, I can get some more dopamine over here, and this is how Okay, so that was Alex Finn talking about eating breakfast while wearing the Apple face gel and saying that he could watch, quote, 33, NBA games at the same time. And I guess, and I know part of this is him just kind of showing off um, and, and hyperbolizing a bit. I mean, no, I, I think he actually was watching or he, he could see that many. I don't mean he was exaggerating for effect, but I think he's being a little provocative saying, look how much, you know, dopamine or whatever I, I can get. But I think there is more than a grain of truth in his review of this, that part of the appeal that he and, and people like him get from the face jail is this sense that you have access to so much. You can watch so much television uh, while you're checking how much money you're making from what, whatever it was. I forget what, how he said he was making money, claimed he was making money. But anyway, this idea that what we need is access, immediate access to 33 NBA games while we're eating our breakfast. And, he, and you can see it in the, in the Twitter video. It's all over his visual field. And so he can, he can see the bowl in front of him. He can see the living room he's in. But there's all these virtual TV screens all around him. And um, as one person said, I'm not going to get the exact quote, but one person said online, Apple has finally figured out how to allow us to sit on a couch and watch a large screen TV. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it brings up the question, what exactly is the advance here that Apple is trying to sell us? Uh, the idea that you can watch multiple NBA games, I mean, Television screens have been getting bigger and bigger and bigger over the last 20 years. I remember when I was a kid, a TV screen was, I mean, we just had, you, know, you remember some of you, 1980s TVs. I mean, a, a big screen TV was, is still tiny by today's standards. So the, as the TV screens recently have gotten bigger and bigger, they've had different, I, I go by people's houses sometimes and you see they've got picture in picture watching two different games at once or for three different games at once. And I always think, well, is this really an advance to, to go from one game to three games? But, but this guy has gone to 33 games. And again, the, the question I've got is, it, what was the problem here that Apple was trying to solve? Was there a, a large part of the market out there sitting there and going, I just... I just don't like that I can only watch three NBA games at once. If only I could watch 33, then, now then my life would start to become meaningful and I could really start helping 
re, uh, rebuild the social fabric. If I could just watch 33 NBA games at once uh, by putting a helmet on my face that acts as the prison warden between me and the rest of the world. It just doesn't, um, <laughs> I just don't think that Apple has delivered on a pressing problem. Furthermore, uh, there, is, there is another conversation I had with someone on Tectonic, as a matter of fact, about the other, uh, this, this very question, the, the other claims or the other kinds of hype that Apple put into this product when it launched, it's showing different use cases. Like you're going to be able to do this and you're going to be able to do that. And they're so ridiculous. Uh, so my guest was Paris Marks. I don't know if you heard this show, but this was, uh, this was last June, June 19, 2023. And I, I wanted to play you a little bit of this just to acknowledge I have done one show previously on the Vision Pro before it came out. And Paris and I were talking about the, uh, as he suggested, the importance of ridiculing this device, which is not very difficult because all you have to do is look at what Apple has claimed the device is going to do for you, and you just have to laugh. I mean, it's ridiculous. So I want to play for you just a couple of minutes. It's just a, a short excerpt of my conversation with Paris Marks. Again, it's from the June 19, 2023 uh, episode of Tectonic, and we're talking about Apple's launch announcement for the Vision Pro showing different use cases where you just go, what, what exactly were they thinking? This is so dumb. Here it is. One of the big differences between Google Glass and Vision Pro is that Google Glass was very much worn out in public, whereas Vision Pro, because it is this large headset on your face, I think we're going to see a lot less of that. And we're going to see people kind of in their homes or in the workplaces who are wearing it. But I think that there should be kind of an expectation that when we see people who are wearing this thing, we should say, really, like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you wearing that? It's ridiculous. Like, I, I think that we need to kind of keep up this skepticism and this kind of this doesn't make sense. This isn't the future. We're not cool with this. We don't want to be expected to kind of wear this into the future. And we don't want to see other people doing so. Because if we look at what Apple actually showed off in their presentation, like the use cases for this device, it was kind of like a mother sitting at home on her couch doing work. And then her daughter kind of comes into view and is like, a you know, the camera allows her to be seen that the, the headset does. And they had this like weird, awkward conversation where her daughter is looking at her computer <laughs> eyes and like, it's very weird. And then another demo is like this father. Oh, this was the nightmare. Yeah. He's doing work on his headset. And then like, he goes and looks at his kids wearing this headset and starts recording them with the headset. So he has a memory to look at later when he's like all alone. And like some people were commenting, like, I guess the wife and the kids have left him. And so like, <laughs> you know, it's like a divorced dad sitting home with his headset on. Um, and there, there was another one like and this was kind of the most egregious one. Again, one of these kind of fathers sitting at home alone in the dark, nobody else around and is like watching a video of his daughter's birthday party. And the, the question is like, why were you wearing this headset during your daughter's birthday party when she's blowing out the candles on her cake? Like, what is the vision of this future and, and what you're doing with this? So because Paris, let me just answer that for you, because yeah. there is no other way to get a video record of a kid blowing out a birthday cake. We've never had a way to capture video 
of a birthday party over the last 50 years. It just <laughs> hasn't been developed. I, I know what I want to see is like, or, or what I would want to see like as a child is I'm blowing up my birthday cake and my father is sitting across from me wearing a headset with weird <laughs> computer eyes staring at me, <laughs> you know? Well, that'd be a great, great place to start in therapy when it's, yeah, when yeah. it's time. All right. So that was me and Paris Marks talking last June 19, 2023 uh, on Tectonic about the Apple Vision Pro. And as you heard, the launch announcement came with this hype video showing parents um, <laughs> creepily wearing the headset around their kids uh, to video, you know, the kid's birthday party or video them playing in the park or something like that. But you have, you have to think about it from the perspective of the kids, as, as, as Paris pointed out. When the kid looks back at dad and dad is wearing the face gel, um, first it looks ridiculous completely ridiculous, strange. What, do you, what are the friends going to think? Why is your dad wearing that thing and looking at us? And also, he, he referred to the eyes. There's, I didn't mention this before, there's a display on the outside of the face gel that, sh <laughs> that shows, it's a little computer display, and it shows a computerized version of your eyes so that when you, what's supposed to happen is when you look at someone wearing the headset, it's like you're looking into their eyes. But of course, the headset the, is, is a, a, an inch or two out from the face. And so the eyes are projected in, in a very weird way. That's not where eyes are supposed to, to hit on someone's face. And, so they, and the eyes are a little bit too far apart. And so they end up looking like a, like a space alien or a little bit. Um, they don't look normal at all. So anyway, from the kid's perspective, you have a parent who's wearing this headset. And again, you have to ask, why, why is Apple claiming that this is an advance, an advance from a parent simply being with their child in the park or at the birthday party, just being with them. And if Apple says, well, they need a way to, to video the, the whole encounter, it's like, again, like I said, how have, have kids' eight-year-old birthday parties ever been videotaped in this country for the last 50 years? I hope we, I'm glad that Apple has invented that. I mean, come on. We've, we've had a way to get a record, a video record of these family events for a long time. You don't need to strap a face jail on your face in order to do that. It's, it's just dumb. But it's not dumb in a way because there is a reason that Apple needs to sell this thing. And I, it's probably obvious to you, um, and I, I may have said this on the show before, but we're talking about Vision Pro tonight, so let me just say it. Apple needs a new category hit, okay, because it, it's been riding off of the iPhone success and then the App Store monopoly for a long time, for years now, and that's starting to plateau. In fact, the App Store monopoly is starting to get some real pushback um, from the EU and a little bit here in the States for uh, taking a 30% cut, I mean, a usurious cut from from developers and 15% from, from other developers. Either way, it's a huge cut that Apple is taking. So there's some pushback on iPhone and App Store. Apple needs a new area of growth because as a big tech company, it's growth at any cost. That's the only value. 
And Apple, as a more than $2 trillion company, uh, $2 trillion plus is not enough. It's not enough. You get to $2 trillion and Apple says we need more. If they get to two, th- $3 trillion, which they, they might have hit briefly at some point recently. Anyway, if and when they get to $3 trillion, do you know what they're going to want then? More. And if they ever get to $4 trillion, more. We need more. More. And so this idea this, uh, of, a vision, of this Vision Pro face jail is maybe, just maybe, if we can convince the middle of the market, millions of families within the U.S., to strap on a face jail at their kid's eight-year-old birthday party, we're going to have a hit because they're going to be captive to whatever our algorithms are, and I'll get to that later, what they can do next. But um, that's, that's why Apple is saying these ridiculous things with a straight face. It's, a, it's very different, in my opinion, from the launch of the iPhone. When Steve Jobs went on, on the WWDC stage and said, look at this iPhone, Everybody had a flip phone at that point that they were a little bit dissatisfied with in certain ways. And, and Steve said, look, you're already using a phone, but we've fixed, for example, voicemail. Voicemail is a lot easier to use now. Everyone clapped and cheered because he was solving a real problem. Um, now they're saying, strap this thing onto your face and look at how many NBA games you can watch. Look at how you can creep out your, your kid's friends at your kid's birthday party. It's just, it just doesn't hit right, but Apple needs, they need the growth. That's why they're doing this. Now, there's another question in here, which is, isn't Apple trying to do something a- at all in order to connect people in a new way? Because there have been some experiments where people who are both on virtual reality rigs can meet up in the metaverse and they can, you know, see their floating heads and their legless avatars. Isn't there anything here about connecting people? And it's like, not, not really, not really. In fact, I would say that the, the legacy of virtual reality is one of isolation. When you strap one of these things on, I mean, if you compare, I talked about the large, large, uh, large dimension TVs with a high resolution, right? So someone gets a giant TV for their living room and they're showing off to their neighbors, hey, look how many NBA games I can watch at once on this giant screen. You know what is still kind of nice about that? Even though I'm not a big TV watcher, I'll acknowledge they have their friends over. They're sitting together with their friends on a couch and maybe during commercial breaks, they have a snack and they talk. And so there is some, the TV can serve as an enabler of some socialization, some community, some um, maintenance or deepening of a friendship. So there is some, you can see some tangential good that comes off of that giant screen that people have. It's a way to get friends together. It can be a way to get friends together. Now you look at this Apple Vision Pro and you're sitting on your couch eating your cereal or whatever, and you're watching the NBA games, who's sharing that with you? Nobody. I mean, the thing is designed to be an isolating environment, which works well for Apple because they love captive customers like all big tech companies, but it doesn't work well for the person using it, nor does it work well for their family, their friends, 
their kids, their community, everybody around them is totally cut off because when you put it on, as I said, you put yourself in face jail. You are isolated in a cell of Apple's making. Um, and I came across this quote online that I found very interesting that there was someone, um, <clears throat> I found a quote from someone who's a, who's a well-known, let's say commentator or just well-known in technology who said the following a few years ago. Few, and, there, and he was talking about virtual reality headsets in particular. Here's what he said. Few people are going to view that it's acceptable to be enclosed in something because we're all social people at heart. I thought, what a, what a, what a well-turned phrase. We're all social people at heart. And so why would anyone accept being enclosed in something? That's such a good point. I agree. Now I want to tell you who said that back in 2016, and I have a link on the playlist so you can check it out yourself and verify this. The person who said, few people are going to view that it's acceptable to be enclosed in something because we're all social people at heart. The person who said that was Tim Cook. Oh, yes. He was CEO of Apple at the time. Yep. Yep. That was Tim Cook. No joke. Tim Cook eight years ago or seven and a half years ago said nobody or almost nobody's going to want to be enclosed in something because we're social. In other words, who wants to be isolated in a VR helmet? It's, it's, that, that, that's, that's so depressing. And now Tim Cook is on stage saying, everybody buy my face jail. And you know why he changed his tune. I just described it to you because now seven and a half years later, the pressure is on Tim Cook to deliver more growth, more growth, more growth, 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 growth. How did Mark Andreessen put it that Ben Grosser uh, revealed to us in the, in the redaction a couple weeks ago? Growth, 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 more growth, growth, growth. Technology is growth. I think that was it. Uh, Tim Cook has completely changed because he needs to sell face jails. And so you need to understand the agenda behind this device and why the CEO, I think, in his heart of hearts, probably doesn't even believe in the device uh, for the same reason that I don't believe in the device. Uh, because it's an isolating uh, device that has no uh, tangential good that comes off of it. <clears throat> now, I, I, I want to qualify something I'm saying here, though. I don't mean to say that there is no role whatsoever for VR ever, 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 like VR is some inherently evil technology. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. In fact, back in the 1980s, I had a VR device that I liked quite a bit. And maybe you had one too if you were, uh, if you were with us in the 1980s. It was called a Viewmaster. You remember that thing? And for people who are a little bit too young for this, you can look it up, but a Viewmaster was a little plastic rig that had two eye holes that you look through and you put basically slides in um, and you could look through 3D photos of different landscapes and it was kind of cool. And yes, it was, you could say, oh, it was a face chill. It was isolating. Yeah, yeah, get over it. You know, you're just looking at it. You're looking at the Swiss Alps for 30 seconds. It's fun. And then you, 
you put it aside. You didn't, you didn't, it wasn't made by a company that was trying, this is the point. This is the difference, okay? V VR, whether it's a Viewmaster or years ago, there was something called Google Cardboard VR that was kind of fun, actually. Um, it was a cardboard rig that you put over a smartphone and it showed um, 3D videos that, that were kind of clever. There can be VR, VR rigs, not from Google anymore, but there can be VR rigs from companies that are not trying to take over the world, that are not trying to inhabit every corner of your life, that are making <clears throat> little experiences, maybe movies or games or whatever, that you, you put on, you try them out, you have some fun, and then you, and then you put them away. You know, like video games are pretty immersive. They're well, single player video games are not always that social, but they're fun. You know, for a little bit of time, it's fun and they can be well designed and everything. But when there is a big tech company, a two plus trillion dollar company that already has its designs on you, your life, your relationships, your view with, uh, of the world, your relationship to reality itself, and with one value of growth, you cannot trust that company to do the right thing when it creates a VR device. And you should not buy it and you should not put it on. You can't trust Apple. I did a whole, <laughs> I did a whole episode on that a while back. So th the fact that Apple is making this, and already, like I said, with their hype video, they're showing you just the, the completely wrong use cases this is a non-starter. This face gel is a non-starter. But let me go further than that. Let me say, let's say that Apple delivers a, a hit or even a minor hit here. You know who's next in line to deliver a knockoff, barely mediocre version uh, of, of the Apple Vision Pro is going to be Google. <coughs> you know Google's waiting in the, in the wings, just as they did with Android to come after iOS. Google would love to see Apple deliver some growth with this thing because then Google can release their own gross device. And man, do you think Apple's device is bad. Oh, when you see someone put on Google's mediocre knockoff of the Vision Pro, oh, with the malware and the surveillance that they're going to bake into that thing, you're going to walk into a room, someone's going to wear the headset, and you're going to know without even seeing it because you're going to be able to smell it. You're going to say, I smell Google in here. That's what you're going to say. I, do you smell Google? Oh, I smell Google. Oh, and that's how it's going to be. Apple is ridiculous and funny how dumb it is, and Google is going to be, oh, gross. And that's the additional danger if Apple really gets a toehold on the market here is that Google is going to come into the market as well. I want to say also one of the use cases that Apple is hyping up for its uh, face jail, this Vision Pro device, is that you can do work. <laughs> they have a partnership. <laughs> this is so depressing. They have a partnership with Microsoft. And so when you put on the Vision Pro, apparently the way it works is you can bring up a Microsoft Word document, okay? And given that you're in as this VR, AR space, you can attach the Word document to a particular place in your home. And so in the Atlantic, I need to link this on the playlist, but Ian Bogos wrote this piece about his experience uh, putting on the Apple Vision Pro and he was saying, he was pointing out that he had a Microsoft Word document that he had basically put somewhere in his home, but he couldn't find it. 
you think you have problems finding files now, get ready when you use a Vision Pro. You, you literally will not know where you put the file in space because he didn't know if it was in the living room, in the kitchen, in the bedroom, in the bathroom, and he had to walk around his entire house wearing the face jail until he finally saw a little sliver of the Word document peeking out from one of the doorways. That's where I left it. So not only will you have all the annoyances of work, there are going to be f files floating in space in different parts of your living environment if you work from home. That is one of the most dystopian images I can imagine walking through my own home with a face jail attached, bumping into Microsoft Word documents in random places in my home. Oh, oh, please, please. I do not want that reality. Okay, there's one other thing. I only have 10, 15 minutes left before Dave Mandel comes on. Um, there's one other thing I want to say, one of the line of comments that I want to make on this Apple Vision Pro face jail. And that is that it comes on a strange anniversary, just after a strange anniversary. Uh, you know that the Super Bowl is coming up this upcoming Sunday. And um, some, of, some of you Apple fans or app, people who know Apple or who know the Super Bowl are going to know where I'm headed with this. Forty years ago, exactly. I mean, it was, it was in late the Super Bowl 40 years ago in 1984 was, I think, late January. It might have been January 24, 1984. And Apple ran one time one of the most famous, what became one of the most famous TV commercials of all time. And I want to play you some of this commercial just to remind you what was happening. The idea is, well, let's listen to it, okay? So you've got a theater full of uh, men dressed in gray who are sitting um, mesmerized by a giant screen. And this is, this is sort of what it sounded like. Today we celebrate the first glorious anniversary of the information purification directives. We have created for the first time in all history a garden of pure ideology where each worker may bloom, secure from the pests of a contradictory thoughts. Our communication of thoughts is more powerful a weapon than any fleet or army on earth. We are one people. One will, one resolve, one cause. Our enemies shall talk themselves to death, and we will bury them with their own confusion. We shall prevail. On January 24th, Apple Computer will introduce Macintosh, and you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Okay, so that was Apple's 1984 Super Bowl commercial. Of course, it was making reference to George Orwell's novel, 1984. And I, I guess Apple knew it was launching the Macintosh in 1984. And they thought, wouldn't that be fun if we could do something about uh, an ad campaign um, tied in with Orwell's 1984 novel? There was another resonance there at the same time, which is why I think it became such a popular commercial, which is that the 
consumer technology industry at that point was dominated by a hegemonic behemoth that had the nickname of the evil empire. And that was, of course, Microsoft. At the time, most people bought these awful devices called um, IBM PCs or P PC uh, DOS compatible PCs. There are a bunch of different manufacturers, not just IBM, but basically they were all united in running Microsoft's gross software. And Apple came and blew that up. Uh, blew up, or actually didn't blow up the entire market, but it, but blew a hole in it, really, so that people would have an option of using a device that was friendly. Um, Stephen Levy said it was something like walking into a clean, well-lit room. And that was the experience of using uh, Macintosh if you had been stuck using a DOS PC for, for a while. So this 1984 commercial was depicting... IBM PC users or Microsoft DOS users as this, this um, throng of passive, gray, uh, anonymous people who are mesmerized by this giant screen with a giant head giving them talking points of ideology that represented the hegemon, which was Microsoft, which at the time, <laughs> I mean, it probably seemed, I, I should have looked up their their um, market capitalization at the time in 1984, but it couldn't have been um, more than a fraction of, of Apple's two plus trillion at this point. But we thought it was, at the time we all thought Microsoft was this, was this, was this giant beast. And Apple had this, this young woman come in um, with a sledgehammer and she whips it around and throws it at the screen and the screen explodes. Okay, which is, uh, again, all sorts of references to George Orwell's 1984. But you've got you to ask, now that we're 40 years later, what, what happened to Apple? Apple is now the most valuable company in the world. It's not Microsoft anymore, although they're, of course, partnered with Microsoft. But Apple is now the hegemon. And Apple is hoping that people will sit enthralled by a giant screen. Yes, pro projected in virtual space in front of their face, but Apple is the one that it has the ideological talking points, that reality will be determined uh, by our algorithms and filters. Just strap this thing on your face. Apple, Apple is the one now that is depicted in that 1984 ad. And it's interesting because I thought about this, I thought about this ad, you know, 40 years later, um, 19, Apple has turned into 1984. It just took them 40 years, but Apple has arrived there. And there was another launch in 1984. Uh, there was a movie called 1984 that was a, a cinematic version of the Orwell book. It was, it was 1984 by George Orwell turned into a movie. And that had, if you saw that movie, that had a particular scene in it that was based on the book. And it was, a, it was a depiction in the movie of Room 101. And if you haven't seen the movie, read the book, I won't get into all the details because I don't have a whole lot of time, but it's a torture session. Um, in 1984, there is, you know, that's where we get the term Big Brother. There is, there is this... Uh, overbearing surveillance state run by this hegemonic organization 
that will force people to uh, take on its values and its language and its thought processes. And the way they depict that that process of forcing someone into the hegemon's way of thinking in Room 101, do you remember what happened in Room 101? The, the protagonist who's being tortured is forced to put on a headset. No joke. He has to put on a headset. And I'm going to play you a little bit of this. It's a little creepy. It is a little creepy, but, you know, there, there are stakes here, which I'll, maybe I'll have a moment to say about after we hear this excerpt. This is an excerpt of the movie 1984, which came out in 1984 in the scene that takes place in Room 101. The thing that is in Room 101 is the worst thing in the world. It goes beyond fear of pain or death. It is unendurable, and it varies from individual to individual. In your case, it is rats. Please, what do you want me to do? You will do what is required of you. What? How can I do it? In the proletarian areas, they will attack a baby and within five minutes strip it to the bone. They also attack the sick and dying. They show astonishing intelligence in knowing when a human being is helpless. The mask fits over your head leaving no exit. I press the first lever, and the rats move into the front compartment. I press the second, and the door of the cage will slide up. These starving brutes will shoot at you like bullets. Have you ever seen a rat leap through the air? Okay, so we'll, we'll leave it there. I think you get the idea. <laughs> we don't have to listen to all of it. But as he's saying, you put on the mask, there's no escape. So Room 101, in the depiction of, of um, 1984 in this movie, Room 101 has, at least, at least in this case, has a headset that you are forced to wear. And it has something that is predatory inside. And it's something that eventually, well, immediately or eventually, you are going to regret uh, putting on. And my question to you, friends, is, What's the difference between 1984 and Room 101 and 2024 and the Apple Vision Pro? What is the difference, really? What's the difference between putting something very, obviously very harmful that's going to be opened up onto your face and strapping your face into a high-tech version of reality that is determined by a $2 trillion company that cares about nothing but growth. What, what in the end is the difference? And we have one of the most powerful companies in the world joined by its partners, its big tech partners, that are all salivating at the opportunity to follow in Apple's footsteps and to launch their own face jails, to put all of us in prison. 
to determine reality for all of us, to isolate all of us from our friends, family, and communities. The stakes are high. And the question is, what is the difference between what we're seeing in the, in the Vision Pro and what 1984 was warning us against? I see very little difference. And that's why I wanted to run this show to issue a warning and to try to explain as best I could to explain what the stakes are. We have to, we have to hope that this thing fails because if this one succeeds, there's going to be another one from Google and one from Facebook and eventually one from Amazon and Microsoft is going to be putting its stupid Word documents in all of our living rooms. And I don't want that. But I appreciate you spending this hour with me. Um, I have, I have a lighter bit to end on. Just give me a second. I, I need to tell you, you're, you're listening to the greatest radio station in the world, WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope in New York City and Rockland County at 91.9 FM, and online at WFMU.org. And until next time, what I want you to do is avoid Apple. I mean, really avoid Apple. Abandon Amazon. Forget Facebook. And whatever you do, get off Google. And I want you to stay tuned for Dave Mandel, the great Dave Mandel with It's Complicated coming right up. Now, I want to end on a slightly lighter note, <clears throat> and uh, or it, depending on how you interpret this song, <laughs> it could be about surveillance going on inside a headset, or it could just be a nice respite outro. And I, and I got this suggestion from my buddy, DJ Erwin Chusid, who said, why not end the show with a little respite from all of the gloom and dystopia and play Getting to Know You? by Two Guys and Wendell. And that's what I'm going to do. And getting to know you, again, could have different interpretations, but I'm going to say this is a happy song uh, that we're going to end the show on so that we feel good about life again. <laughs> Thanks again for joining me, friends, and I'll see you next time. Getting to know Getting to know you, getting to feel free and easy. When I am with you, getting to know what to say. Haven't you noticed? Suddenly I'm bright and breezy because of. about
And good evening, friends. Welcome to another exciting installment of It's Complicated, an hour of Prague and Prague-adjacent music. I'm your host, Dave Mandel. We are here every Monday evening at 7 p.m. here at listener-supported WFMU. Delighted always to be here playing music for you. And we're going to start. I want to make sure I don't forget, so I'm going to play this right up front, first thing. Uh, I was talking to my friend Drumbone, listener Drumbone today, and um, and I was looking for this track by Cheer Accident, the band Cheer Accident that I wanted to play, and I couldn't find it anywhere. He happens, Drumbone does, he happens to have the CD, and he walked over, he got out, stood up, <laughs> walked over to my house and brought the CD over and delivered it in person, hand-delivered it. I'm very grateful. He's a good guy. He's a good friend. And so we're going to hear a track from this Cheer Accident CD to, uh, to open today's show. It's called No Ifs, Ends, or Dogs. That's the album title. And Cheer Accident, I've played them on the show before, but that's okay. They're from Chicago. And I... I guess this track speaks for itself. This is Cheer Accident.
the seas of cheese. And I'll 